Facts of Faith with Nael Pondwana, 7 to 8 p.m. Good evening, welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith with me, Nayelu Pondona, here on ICFM, leading the conversation award together until 8 o'clock. It's supposed to be one hour, but since five minutes is gone already, so it is a 55-minute conversation. So please, I'd like to encourage you to join in the conversation right away. So please start dialing 0891-104207, 0891-104207, or send your text messages to 40938. Our conversation for today circles around a rather uh, peaceful, calming, easy conversation, unlike many of the conversations I've had before. It's about history and factuality and science and medicine, how it all mingles and intertwines one with the other. And purely, there should not be any controversy with this subject today. We're asking the question, why did kings and queens have eunuchs? You know, those people that were castrated and the dictionary and uh, the encyclopedia, the medical encyclopedia. I'm going to try and paraphrase it so that we don't spend time defining castration. It's when they remove the source of the children. Yeah. Yeah. They don't remove the organ itself. They remove just the two sources of the children. Um, I, I, let me stop right there defining the definition up until we have our disclaimer and then we'll come back and I'll give the clinical definition as per uh, encyclopedia. So that's our question for today. Why do kings and queens have those men who no longer have the capacity to bear children? Not that they don't have the capacity to engage in the act, but they were unable to bear children. Why? Why were those people who were going to tend to the queen and put there by the king? And sometimes and most often, those men would be put in charge of the queen and the harem. The harem is that house or that palace where uh, concubines would be staying. Not the wives, but the concubines. Why? But even the wives had their own eunuchs. You remember Queen Esther had her own eunuch, right? And so I would like to know why. What was the necessity of a man but who's unable to produce children? That's our question for today. This is Facts of Faith. I'm not up on Facts of Faith. Begins right now. You're listening to Facts of Faith on SAFM. The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or of that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. Facts of Faith begins right now. All right, let me introduce you to our guests who are supposed to be unpacking the subject for us today. We do we do have on the line, I don't know why, Bishop, why all the time we invite the Bishop 
he just doesn't make it into the studio. He's on the line again. Bishop Joshua Maponga oh. III, good <laughs> evening to you and welcome, even though you're not here, Bishop. My apologies, my lord. There was a small function down in Jericho in the, in the bushes of breath. There, one of our young ladies is living for a PhD. I'd go there and make something. All I right. tried to rush as much as I could, but then, man, I'm about... Yeah. Minutes away from you guys. I said, no, let's, let me just do the yeah. phone out of the Sorry for right. that. My apologies to the listeners, but good evening to everybody. Good evening, Rabbi. Thank you, Bishop. Beg your pardon. All right. He's a cultural activist, a writer, a fighter of spiritual colonialists. And today, he is going to be giving us some insights from the Christian perspective. And also, we do have in the studio, he's no stranger to the program as well, one of our newest additions to the panelists that we have on the show, Eastern Zanumwe, who is an evangelist, who is a Hebrew Israelite, and a researcher, and a brilliant, brilliant orator. Good evening to you, sir, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening, Brother Nay, and I'm so thankful for this privilege to come once more again and uh, share. Trust the faith me, of our fathers. Trust me, the privilege is all mine. Also, we do have in the studio the only lady and the most valued member of this panel. We do have Rabbi Julia Margolis, chairman of the South African Secre Center for Religious Equality and Diversity. It's called Sacred. And the only female rabbi in South Africa to serve in South Africa. Good to you, Rabbi. And thank you very much for honoring us with your presence. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank all right. You. I want to... There you go. Sorry. That's just fixing that microphone there because everybody needs to hear your voice as well. All right. I want to uh, invite everyone once again to join the conversation right now. 0891 Once again, thank you very much for tuning in. Let's get down to it, ladies, lady and gentlemen. Let's begin with you, Rabbi. Uh, why? Why? Uh, members of the Christian community sometimes um, uh, find it slightly uncomfortable to deal with the subject because I suppose um, you don't find much of the practice of eunuchs in the New Testament. You find some eunuchs uh, who get converted, um, uh, like the one who spoke to Philip. But you, you, you don't discuss much of eunuch behavior uh, in the New Testament, and that's not your interest. You're here to speak much about the Old Testament or what you uh, call the Holy Scriptures, yeah? Absolutely. And, and do I tell us why. I have to tell you now that um, since your producer called me and asked me to participate tonight, yeah. um, I, I did quite a lot of research okay. um, in the weird hours of the day and night. <laughs> because, And it was fascinating, and thank you for that. It's, it's, it's really great that I could go and do something that is not really my subject. Um, and the reason why I had to research really a lot, because there is not too much that said in the Holy Scripture in the Torah about um, the eunuchs yeah. because um, the Torah's attitude towards people that are eunuchs is very negative. Forbidden. It is forbidden. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Therefore, there's not too much to say, basically. Yes. While, while, <laughs> so, while it is forbidden in, in the five, you call it the Torah, yeah, yes. it's called the Pentateuch by the Christian yes. community. While it's forbidden there, especially in Deuteronomy and Leviticus, but you find that in the practices, it's, it's there. You find that it's done. Look, during the kingdom period, yes. when Jews did have their queens and, um, and, kings. and, and the kings, yes. and, and they had their own state before the exile, before the temple was uh, destructed. So um, Judaism was defined by the approach that when we have an issue, when we have any problem, we have to go to the first source. Yeah. Okay. And the first source is the Torah. Yeah. Therefore, it's forbidden. Okay. Basically, that's it. Yeah. But there are a lot of restrictions and you mentioned book Leviticus, and yeah. I know how much you love to that I will come prepared and I will have all my verses so um, on, 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 on the spot. So yeah. here we go. Leviticus chapter 21, okay. verse 20. Okay. 
No man who has a broken foot or hand, or who is a hunchback or dwarf, or who has an eye defect, or a fasting rash, scabs, or a crushed testicle. No descent of Aaron the priest who has a defect child approached the present offering made by fire to I'm the sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Rabbi, just on that very note, I think the Bible has done the job for me. A crushed testicle, that's yeah, what it says, yeah, right? Yes. That's, that's a person who's a eunuch who's a, who has a crushed testicle. Go ahead. Yeah, yes. And then book um, of Deuteronomy, um, chapter 23, exclusion from the congregation. Again, it says, no man with crushed uh, genital, genitals, it says here, but we can understand what we're talking about, may enter the assembly of the Lord. Um, later on, it says um, in the book of Echa, the, in, in English it will be the book of Lamentations, um, chapter 1, verse 10, um, again, that the person um, is quite long. Um, uh, it's all right. Go ahead and read it. So, okay. Which is actually brings us to the book of Esther. Um, the adversary had spread out his hand upon all her treasures. For she saw pagan nations and her sanctuary concerning who she will command that they will should not enter into your congregation. You mentioned about two guards, that they were in the palace. They were in the king uh, palace. And basically, what was the idea that they will be standing there? It's because, um, you know, um, um, they had to be, uh, uh, um, they had to be negative characters. And they were um, uh, eunuchs. And the main idea in the book of Esther is that they conspired to kill the king Ahasuerus. And this is the whole theme of the book of Esther. And according to the Jewish tradition, they were eunuchs. And and there is a lot of negative relation to the eunuchs as a phenomena, right? Because the basic explanation that um, this, by this impossibility of executing, if I could use that word, um, by people and actually also animals, okay, is that the major commandment from the book of Genesis, one of the Ten Commandments of being fruitful to go forth and multiply, right? So if this is the most important commandment in Judaism, then obviously it will be forbidden in the Torah. That yeah. It will not be encouraged in any way, shape or form. And then our question, why then did kings and queens have them? Why were those men brought into this environment? To, to and see why? that there is no way that there will be some kind of relationship going on between the queen and the guard and but the people that or being becoming a eunuch does not change you from having an appetite it may lower the appetite but it purely removes your capacity to bear children after having engaged exactly i want you to think about it uh, evangelist your yes. take yes um i just want to add on to the the issue of eunuchs i, I haven't found anywhere where eunuchs are found in the kingdom of Yehuda. The only eunuchs that I find, I find them in, I could say, pagan nations. And they, that just goes to show what, uh, back up what she was saying. But uh, going forward, you will see that uh, uh, even Yahusha, when he speaks in Matthew chapter 19, verse 12, <laughs> yes, he talks of three types of eunuchs. There is the natural eunuch who is born that way. 
and then there is the forced eunuchs. Forgive me, evangelist. Um, um, I just want to use plain language. When you say Yahusha or Yeshua, that's that's Jesus, right? Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Right. Okay, okay. Yeah, Yahusha is is the is the is Jesus. Right? Yeah. Okay. Then there is the voluntary eunuchs, those who choose to be eunuchs, and this concept of voluntary eunuchs, you see it. Uh, uh, right through the, 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 the New Testament. Shaul t- Paul talks about men who volunteer to live like eunuchs. And the book of Revelation chapter 14 talks about a special class of people, the 144,000. Somewhere along the, in, in Revelation chapter 14, they, they are described as virgins. I don't, I, well, some people describe that virginity as being spiritually pure. But I don't want to limit it there. It could possibly be also literally that way. Because we have seen that uh, being a eunuch has got some advantages that it has to concentration on the work uh, at, at hand. Because yeah. like she said, eunuchs needed to be people that were not sexually active. I, when I was doing my research, I also found out that later on, you know, as they, as they get older, they, they, they really cease to have any interest in sex at all. Uh, actually, they, 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 they would be like that if they were made eunuchs in their young In the age, young, yes. When they're yes, very yes, young. Yes, before puberty. Exactly. And then the, they'll grow into pure puberty with very little testosterone exactly. growing with them. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And when they're like that, these are most ideal to, to, to look after beautiful women, to look after the queen, yeah. to look after the princesses, to yeah. look after the concubines that we're talking about. <laughs> yes. So that the queen, also the king, whenever he goes anywhere, whether they go into war or yeah. wherever they went, they are rest assured that there's nothing is going to happen to their wives and their daughters. <laughs> when you say nothing, do you mean there won't be any children born to that activity or there won't be any sexual activity actually, at all? Actually, the intent was no sexual activities at all. Okay. But yes. if they could happen because yeah. they were half you know, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, they were not fully unit. Yes. Uh, yeah, right. capacity. <laughs> half capacity, yes. Yeah. Then that could happen, but the chances are that yeah. would not happen. Yeah. So it was a, a security measure that okay. the kings were putting in place so that the other thing that you, you find about eunuchs is this one. These men yeah. they, 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 they they don't they don't have much on life. Yeah. For life rather. You know, they don't have children. And uh, they don't aspire to be anything. So revolting with these people was highly unlikely. Yeah. And if they are given a role, they are capable to concentrate on that particular role. Yeah. Look at uh, a, a man like Daniel in the book of Daniel. We are not told that he was exactly a eunuch. He was cut off or yeah. what. But when you read the scriptures from Second Kings, you yeah. will see that the prophecy was about uh, Hezekiah's children who were going to go into Babylon into captivity and yeah. they were going to become eunuchs. And and. Incidentally, Daniel was under Ashpen, who was actually the head eunuch. So what you can deduce from that, Daniel, whether he was not cut or cut, yeah. he lived like a eunuch. Yeah. Now, the, 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 the value of that life is this. He can concentrate on the work at the end. Yeah. That's why you see Daniel even, he expands to become the chief governor of the yeah. governors. Yeah. And he was very wise. He became an advisor to yeah. the king. You see, they concentrate on the work at hand. Right. They are not distracted by All anything. Right. All right. Interesting. We're getting warmer. We're coming if close I to... I can just add something. Just briefly. Sure. I mean, take, 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 a, take a break and come okay. back. I'll, I'll give it up to you to Rabbi. Sure, sure. It's 20 minutes plus. We're inviting your calls now. 0891 I'd love to hear your understanding of the involvement of eunuchs in scripture. Why would they be there mentioned? And sometimes we see that they have have a close relationship with the queen put there by the king. Why did that happen? Would like to hear your take. 0891 104207. 0891 104207. 
We were just playing nearby when we heard the crash. So we ran towards it to see what happened. When we arrived, we saw smoke and fire. We were scared, but we just knew we had to help. 12-year-old best friends Mukoni Chaka and Irfa Dupria rushed to help victims of the Henenman Grunstad train tragedy in the Free State. Let's celebrate Madiba's 100th birthday by remembering the values that live within us all. Whenever you give or receive a commemorative banknote or five rand coin, connect with your fellow South Africans and pass on our values. Search hashtag the Madiba in me to find out more. Brought to you by the South African Reserve Bank. Facts of Faith. The SABC editorial policy draft is now available for final production publication, public comments rather, from 12 July 2018 till the 1st of August 2018. Download your copy on www.sabc.co.za forward slash editorial policy. You can also grab a copy at your local SABC office. Deadline for submission of comments is Wednesday, the 1st of August, 2018. The SABC editorial policy. Grab a copy and have your say. Facts of Faith on SAFM. Sleepy, isn't it? 22 minutes after 7, you're listening to Facts of Faith with me, Nayelu Pondwana. Now, let's bring in um, um, a bishop. Before bishop, would you want to, to, to drop in a point there, Rabbi? I just wanted that what you mentioned, what you were talking about, the, the example that you may not be physically whatever procedure needs to be done in order that someone will become eunuch and I'm not a doctor and I can just only imagine and, you know, from the books, um, the way it's done. But I think the idea of that, that have been um, for centuries in, in Christianity of celibacy and, yes, yes. and, and monasticism. Yes. So this is something, for example, that we do not have in Judaism per se, because of, again, of the commandment of being fruitful and multiply. And multiply. So the person, for example, can take on himself or herself a vow, and, but it needs to be for a certain period of time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So therefore, for example, um, in ancient time, someone will go into the desert, somebody will go to study and, and be an example, but it will not be forever. Yeah. It will not be something that will... Exactly. So right. I just wanted to add that. And, right. But but I do want to say, and we can go into that later on if you would like, about the temple and what does it mean, yeah. um, what can you do, what you cannot be, what does it mean to be with a blemish. But there were, I just want to add that, for example, in the book of Isaiah, okay, there were also um, those yes. that, that, that spoke with compassion and they spoke with mercy about people um, that do have a problem because you mentioned about this three state that it's not only – um, what has to be done to the child or to the later on um, yeah. a young man, yeah. but also what happened if the, the person was born with a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there are a lot of, um, not, there are quite um, uh, some resources that talk about it and, and they talk and I want to say that because Torah talks with so many forbidden issues, that this is something that um, in the book of Isaiah we see it with mercy and with love and right. compassion. I think Let's it's very important. Let's yeah. find out what the bishop has to say about this matter. Bishop? Well, quite an interesting one. Firstly, uh, I'm glad that the two people sitting with you they are from a pro-Hebraic uh, perspective. So it would be interesting for us to establish, number one, that the issue of kings is not part of the rabbinical and the Torahic uh, teaching. It is the Israelites who said they wanted the king like other nations had. So firstly, 
the issue of kingships and queens does not come with a Hebraic, Yahwistic understanding of how that formation is done. However, we find the climax of all queens being Jezebel. We have 400 men. Therefore, the sexual appetite of a queen was not limited to the king. Maybe let's underline that on the, on the, right on the basis. The only problem is that once a child was born from the queen, then issues of royalty and monarchical power would become in question. So you'd rather manage the appetite within a space of non-productivity rather than us assuming that queens were of chastity and of moral uprightness. Jezebel being the climax of them all, we cannot outrule the fact that they were actually, in in terms of their sexual appetite, of a perverse nature. And hence monarchs, eunuchs, uh, within a monarchical space, would be these, uh, let me also call call them in a a polite way, from the Greeks and etc., almost like sex toys, like... um, uh, Palace workers, professional, but not restricted only to to parliamentary services, but also to private queenly issues. Bearing in mind, kings of old would spend months, sometimes years on end, in foreign lands fighting wars, and the appetite of the queen would not be found on the street. So she would rather be eating from the corridors of her own palace. That's my two cents. But we don't even we don't even want to start Christianizing eunuch behavior and try to put a, a biblical basis on it was by nature that lifestyle of kings is not found and founded on a, on a on a biblical basis as we read other laws in the torah is my honorable rabbi okay all right uh, uh, joey we have a problem with the bishop's line please get him back on the line again something's breaking there all right here we go now. Um, it's like uh, uh, in, in ascending order. The rabbi there with very mild, mild expressions. And then Evangelist <laughs> saying, well, both sides do apply. And now the bishop says, actually, it was to satisfy the appetite of the queen, just so there should not be any reproduction. Would there be any variety to that suggestion by um, a bishop there? Uh, let's begin with you, Evangelist. It, it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, you, you can't, you can't uh, remove that out of the picture. You, you see, our, 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 let me say this. Our elders were very wise. It's not just the eunuch issue. It's even, it's even, about, it's even about having children in, in a family. If the brother does not produce yeah. our father, even today, yeah. it's only stopped because of AIDS. Even today, they would give the and young feminism. Men, yes, feminism yes. also has big issues with the Ngena culture. That's what they call it in Nguni. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so it's not far-fetched that uh, the queen would uh, probably require those services. Be entertained, uh, by, entertained by the eunuchs. By, by the eunuchs. It's not far-fetched, you know. Okay. It's, it's quite possible that that was also put into place so that it could for that. All right. I, I, I'm told that the, 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 the bishop is back. Bishop, do we have any, any, any evidence to back up the suggestion you're making now that um, the uh, eunuchs were for the entertainment, sexual entertainment of the queens? You might want to get into your uh, Britannicas and other researches. That would, but two issues, including some, uh, uh, maybe some biblical encyclopedias. You want to research around Jezebel? You want to research around the temples of Aphrodite. Basically, you need to understand what was happening in the temples. When you have a thousand prostitutes in Corinth, for example, yeah. what were they doing there and how were they functioning? 
and you want to go back into the old ancient ways of the worship of Molech and etc. Those males, like Jezebel had 400 of those prophets like, walking around. What was happening in the worship of, of, of Molech and Baal and etc. You would not miss up the issue of sacrificing of babies. You would not miss up in sexual exploits and uh, sexual... By the time it comes to the Greek kingdom, in your Greek history, the whole issue of massages and palas and bathtubs where queens were being bathed and, uh, you know, having these, all these ogies and et cetera. These are not new uh, expressions of, uh, of morality we find in our days. They are as ancient as history itself. You, you, don't, you don't need 10 many pages in history to actually find, even from the Egyptian Kemet history, that uh, the issue of the queen being surrounded by men and also the exploits of the king himself having multiple wives is, is not an issue that you can actually argue as modern and postmodern uh, uh, academicians, yeah. All right, so effectively, we don't have any um, scriptural suggestion or support for this. We find it in extra textual uh, literature. Would that not be fair? You, 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 you have the mention. You have the mention of eunuchs. You have the mention of, of, uh, of a prostitute. No problem there, Rep. No, no issue there, know? Bishop. The issue is not with the mention. It's the supporting of the additional subject matter that you have just suggested now, that the purpose of the eunuchs those days was to entertain, sexually entertain the queen. That's what I was asking about do we have any biblical support to give rise to your um, addition there we can give them a biblical reference then of reading scriptures and etc but bearing in mind that this habit is coming from outside scripture i don't know how we can find the description of the same event in the scriptures when actually it's not founded the, the whole issue of kingship is, does not find its its basis on a scriptural base of how do you choose a king the israelites borrowed it from neighboring countries so you need to go to the neighboring countries and understand how kings they were installed, how queens functioned, and how eunuchs played a part in stabilizing the home of the queen. In course, the HLO, meaning that when you have a king, other people must eat for him. On the contrary. A Zulu proverb that even qualifies that as, as down South Africa as we are here, we, we, we have that proverb. So in terms of function of kings, they are aware that kings have too much on their hands and matrimonial issues might be complicated. And from ethnographical evidence, you cannot outrule the issue of the human element of satisfying themselves on a at this point, level. At this point, Bishop, we're not outruling it. We're just seeking evidence. And by the way, we do have ways that um, uh, God of, of the Israelites had then said, if you so want this king, then let me be the one who's going to anoint this king. So we do have a way that God wanted it done, even though it was not his originated idea. So quite frankly, we do have evidence in scripture to give us how a king was to be installed. God would have all these guys, up until later on at least, be anointed by a prophet and pointed out by God himself. But let's come back to the issue. I don't want to bring in the rabbi here. Rabbi, uh, I'm not quite sure we are uh, there yet. Uh, Hatak, was that his name? The, 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 the Esther's eunuch? Uh, uh, what what was there the were situation? two <coughs> no, there no, were two guards put aside the guy that were killed uh, later on i'm interested in the one guy that took care of of, of, of esther yes um so basically what happened is 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 that um he was from persia so um this is also um it basically again it's regardless what was his nationality yeah. um it's something that we do mention that he was from, uh, persian and uh we do believe that we we again we do not have we think that he was a eunuch okay. we don't know that for sure okay it, because we also read 
um, this scripture now with with um, knowledge of history, yeah. with knowledge what happened later on, and and what was happening um, as a bishop uh, mentioned in the neighboring countries. For example, in Ethiopia, it was very very um, common that there will be also eunuchs um, with the queens there. Um, we do know that Queen of Sheba had eunuchs. Um, we know is, that is again. Is this also from scripture, or is it extra biblical material? It's you, extra biblical material. Okay, it is ahead. not again in any shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not from the five books of Moses. Yeah. Um, the only what again what I could find were basically um, book of Leviticus um, and then the book of uh, Deuteronomy, the book of Echa. Those are. The books that I know, and again, the book of Esther, those are um, the sources that I can rely on them, what they talk about eunuchs. But um, again, the reason being is because it's forbidden. So it's hard for me right now to give you exactly the information who was the eunuch of Esther, because all I can give you is basically the reading from those commentators yeah. that could give knowledge okay. what they think about the right. text. I want to read um, from uh, the book of Esther, and uh, I'd like you to, and you've made some uh, allusion to this point. I'm going to read from verse 9, no, verse 8, actually. Chapter 2, verse 8, it reads, So it came to pass, when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together unto Shishan, the palace, okay. to the custody of Haggai, now, Haggai uh, was, oh, oh, Haggai, the, the, the Esther was brought also unto the king's house, to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. Um, so, uh, that keeper of the women, it could be also someone who, who basically serves the rooms. Granted. It's someone who, it, when later on, we know that there was all this uh, maidens that yes. they were for the queens. These beautiful young ladies. And exactly. So this is, again, to the point, even, even, let's say they yeah. did have some kind of sexual relationship. Yeah. And again, we don't know if, if he was, um, if I may use Having the term, ha- no, 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 if he was half eunuch, full eunuch. Yes, or, yes. it doesn't actually it, call him a eunuch in this translation, the, the King James Version. So uh, we can just read between the lines. But this is exactly the issue. This is yeah. exactly what I'm trying to point. And, and I think this is also what three of us agree on. That all this knowledge, it's yeah. something that we sitting here with a with a with a glasses of twenty first century yeah. that we read between the lines. Yeah. It doesn't say in I mean, if you will think about um 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 translation of King uh, James. Yeah. It's translated from Hebrew. So I was sitting with a text today in Hebrew. Okay. And in Hebrew, um eunuch is Saris. Some Saris, yes. And it's and, and, and we don't have too many if you will write the word saris, you will not get a lot of information. Yeah. So everything basically what we're talking about is the commentary. Okay. All right. Um, I'm, I'm interested now, um, moving forward just a little bit from this point, that if we do see the practice of eunuchs or having eunuchs, uh, why is it mentioned in scripture? Is there a particular purpose, perhaps, that we're supposed to be learning from it, um, uh, evangelist? Yeah, that's what I alluded to earlier on. That uh, from when 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 I look at uh, like the eunuch concept, especially in the New Testament, I see here. In fact, actually, the scriptures actually uh, I'm forgetting the verse where it says, "You shall be a pillar in my in my temple in my sanctuary." 
you get this notion that there are some people who have got to dedicate fully their lives into the temple and doing temple work and doing you know the services in the temple and such people and when you look again in revelations like i was talking they are described as virgins right and then yahusha in matthew 19 as, as i alluded to he, he talks of a eunuch who is a voluntary eunuch the same with shaul in first corinthians chapter 7 he talks of men who says you'd rather be like me so in other words, he's, he's saying you can choose to live a life like a eunuch. This is good for, 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 for the kingdom, right? Yeah. This is good for offering services yeah. to the Most High. Yeah. So because your, your attention is not divided as, as, as it were. So I think that's why Yashayahu also speaks of uh, let the eunuch not uh, cry that I've been put aside. Why? Because the eunuch must also come and keep the Shabbat yeah. with the rest of Israel. <laughs> In other words, there is this concept of wanting those people that are fully dedicated to, yeah. to the services of Yahweh. It might not have been uh, practiced in Israel uh, like the Torah says and yeah. forbids it, but it has got a spiritual uh, uh, connotation. I'm, I'm glad you, you, you're mixing two of these two. Um, when you're saying, when you're citing uh, Saul, you call him Shaul. Yes. Uh, Saul, who then turned into Paul later on. They after, turned after, him into Paul. He never yeah. was Paul. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. And then uh, he says, I'd rather you be like me. Are you suggesting that he became a eunuch or he, he just decided to devote himself to God? Because eunuchry is a state of being castrated, quite literally. So um, what exactly are you suggesting there? Y yes, from a literal sense, it's being castrated. But let's read the Matithiao 19.12. Do we have time for that? Yes, go ahead. Okay. What are you reading from? Matthew, Matthew chapter 19, verse... verse uh, let, let, let's... Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, we can we can read Matthew chapter nineteen, um, verse twelve, right? Yes, C can you read for me, please? No problem. Um, mine is the King James version. Yes. It reads, "For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb, mm. and there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men, mm. and there be and there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of mm. heaven's sake. He exactly. that is able to receive it." Let him receive it. Yes. You see, this statement, like the voluntary eunuchs, it's, 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 it's not only Yahusha who has said that. When I was researching, I found yes. out that they were, they were, they were, there was another type of eunuch. Uh, it was those who performed the work typical of eunuchs, yeah. although he remained perfectly capable of having sex. Yeah. So this is voluntary eunuch. Yeah. And this is the, 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 the eunuch that Yahusha is bringing to the fore. Yeah. So this type of eunuch, the voluntary one, is the one that must be found in the in the temple how how would how would how would um uh, 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 i've noted you rabbi how would jesus or, or yahushua as you call him yes condone this practice and yet he was jewish himself how is it that he knowing the torah uh, would go against it and say it is okay and yet god had said there shall not be anyone in the house of israel who is like this how yeah, that baffles me also. But uh, when I when I look at it, uh, try to reason it out. Uh, there is a lot of things that, that I mean, not a lot. There are some things in the Torah that that could be said. These do not practice. These do not do. Like Israelites were not supposed to ever uh, say eat with uh, non-Israelites, right? Yes. Non-circumcised people. Yes. But w when you see the movement of the the Besorah, good news going forward. 
you see that there is that inclusiveness that takes place. Yahusha, when he speaks, he says, I came for the lost house of Israel, right? Yeah. But a few months later, he says, go ye therefore, right? Yeah. And they went over to, to other nations, from Judea, Shamaron, and to the ends of the earth. So there was this, this, this uh, aspect of um, trying to accommodate everyone into the kingdom, despite who they are. Okay. Yes. All right. Which so, is beautiful if we we'll yes, think about yeah, it, the yes. inclusivity. Yes. And and um if I may say, I, I do believe that Jesus was a reform rabbi. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, that's 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 let, what let he was a teacher, he was a rabbi. Let me clarify what you're saying right now. For those who don't know, um Rabbi Julia Margolis is a reform rabbi herself and <laughs> just pointing it out. Go ahead, Rabbi. Um I just want to mention that when we're talking about the temple, okay. And and I, I I previously just mentioned it uh, very briefly the idea of the mum the blemish okay mm-hmm. because and and I want that we will focus for a second because we're talking about eunuchs that voluntarily becoming eunuchs and those that are born with what we will call today an, an issue physical issue so um, a blemished priest was unfit to serve in the priesthood okay yes. and he was precluded from approaching the altar to offer the fire offerings. He was permitted to carry carry out only temple functions, not involving actual service at the um, altar, since he was not standing before the God. The Bible, as I said, forbade a priest who had been blemished to approach the veil. And it's from, uh, again, from the book of uh, Leviticus chapter 21. And as a result, he was forbidden during the second temple period, not only to enter the temple, but even to step between the altar and the sanctuary. He was permitted, however, to go into the other parts of the temple area. And also, this is interesting, also from Book of Leviticus, he was allowed to eat of the food of his God, of the Most Holy as well as of the Holy. So, um, just as the officiating priest had to be unblemished, so also no blemished animals yes. were permitted to be offered yes. um, on the altar. And I think... When we when we talk about this, somebody would say, wait a second. So if I have an issue, does it mean that I cannot be part of the uh, priesthood? No, because we, 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 this is something what we want to be. Exactly that we want to eat, for example, healthy food because we want to be fit. We want, be, we want to be healthy. Okay. Therefore, so I think this is why there is also this explaining that what kind of animals we can or we cannot sacrifice. Yeah. All right. I want to bring in the bishop. And by the way, um, is it back on the line? Yes, he's back on the line. All right. Uh, bishop, we're, we're looking at a, at a practice that has been found uh, frowned upon. Let me put it like that. The practice yeah. of, of, of a plurality. Plurality. And you'll find many feminists uh, suggesting that there is something wrong with a man who's going to have so many or have more than just one partner. And yet we find in the very same scripture a behavior which all three of us now have come, all four of us, beg your pardon, have come to agree that, well, uh, it does appear as though, even though uh, very little in scripture is said about the practice, but extra scripturally you find that these eunuchs have been part of the king's life. And so and when I say king's life, kings did appoint eunuchs to take care of their concubines, their harems. It seems as though there is a, a certain balance of extramarital behavior in scripture if we were to follow this tendency we find that um, women had their own extramarital engagements just as men and it was okay in a way is 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 that to read it correctly 
I, firstly, maybe I want to throw a question to my to the panel there. Is it possible that Jesus was a voluntary eunuch? Maybe I'll just park it there before I attend to your question. And if he was a voluntary eunuch, then bearing in mind the description that you have given, what qualifies him to work in the temple? But let me go to your next question. One of the biggest problems we have in the 21st century is that we are trying to read an ancient Hebraic African text with the European eyes with the Eurocentric spectacles yeah. of this whole monogamous, uh, me and my family and my child, me and my wife yes. and I. And when, when a person who is coming from that monogamous space peeps into the Bible, you almost want to close your eyes on a huge chunk of text that goes against your own culture, that goes against the, the norms of, of, of your civil, civility sort of thing. But the, the text in its own does not seem to negate these things. Even the issue when your brother dies, the Bible, the Bible says, go and, go and sleep with your brother's wife. And, and, and the one who uses contraception, God says, kill him. Now, how do we handle these Christians now that your brother dies and you cannot even look after your own brother's kids in the name of Christianity? Yes. When the text itself actually... So when it comes to these issues, we might need to speak one at a time. Otherwise, we're going to mess up this debate and take it into the bush. But we have illustrations and examples in the in Scripture where even Samuel is born out of the, out of the polygamous relationship. Jesus is born out of the polygamous relationship. Abraham, David, Solomon... Even killing another man and grabbing his wife, how would God forgive David for such a crime and still consider Solomon to becoming one of his own grandfathers? So we have all this main barrage of illustrations where there seems to be conflict of text. And when you approach them, we understand that there are some places of Scripture where the culture of the time seems to wink at what we might call a non-negotiable. What the Bible condemns, we now condone. What the Bible condones, we now condemn. The Bible condemns contraception and condone polygamy. Now we we condone uh, <laughs> contraception and we condemn polygamy. That's In the right. same breath, and I ask myself, why, why are we so lenient on, on contraception when the Bible actually says this is illegal? In the event, we want to understand even the issue of, uh, of uh, eunuchs. The quality of Genesis 1 would say, what is the function of a man? And, and once you remove the function, then you can describe yeah. and understand would a man be created who is non-functional? Would yes. you want to create a non-functional man to work for a functional God? Then where there's no structure, there's no worship. So what are you saying there, Bishop? Are you saying that it was okayed by Scripture or those behavioral patterns were acceptable before the eyes of this God in spite of the fact that they were not originally from Him, including women having their own extramarital partners, the eunuchs? Uh, you, we cannot, again, be, we need to be careful slightly here, maybe mumbling my words there. We need to slightly be, be careful that culture is dynamic in nature. In as much as I heard you say it is God who appointed and he says people, kings must be chosen like this, like this, like this. But you give me of the ten kings, pick them at random. Tell me how many of the ten kings did what was pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. Good point. And I will show you, I will show you seven yeah. who actually adopted the habits of the nearby kingdoms. If not all and, of them. If not, if not all of them. At yeah. the end of the day, so even what do we want to call a God-ordained format of appointing kings? It did still has the, 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 the influence of the pagan nations that are on the surrounding peripheral. Yeah, I want, I want the, the, the rabbi and the evangelist to respond to your question. I found it rather interesting. Rabbi, your fellow reformed rabbi there, is it possible that he was a voluntary eunuch? 
I don't know, because um, from what I read, and actually later, there is a lot of research what's happening, what was going on between him and Maria Magdalena. So I, I, <laughs> I don't think um, I'm the one who should, you know, make this kind of statements. Your opinion. Uh, uh, at this my, point, we, we, my opinion that from what I understand, I do not think that he was a eunuch. Yeah. Um, you think he was heterosexual? You're, you've read Dan Brown. You've read his... Yes. <laughs> So you think Dan Brown has truth to his fiction? Maybe, maybe. Okay. Uh, you see, there's been a lot of uh, fiction that has been written around the Yahusha. Yes. You know, he's, he's an object of attack. So I, I wouldn't take anything that comes from extra scriptural material with regards to who he was. If it is against his very character that is uh, shown in the, in, the, in the scriptures, and also shown even from from from, from the Old Testament. But itself. why would you do, refuse to attach extra scriptural material if you, by your own uh, arguments, many are times you yes, use Josephus, yes, for yes, example, yes, and Josephus are in scripture. Yes, you see, when you take extra scriptural material yeah, yeah. To, to to tie it up with the scripture, yeah. it must necessarily agree with the theme in the yeah. scripture. If it doesn't, then it's, then it's actually it's it? actually for, foreign. So what is your opinion? I understand that at this point we don't have scripture support. I'd love to hear. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the bishop asked you the You know, when, when, when you look at when you look at the life of Yahusha, it's a clear example of let me say a, a one who dedicates their lives strictly to the temple work temple service so he is the sacrifice he is the high priest yeah. you know he he is everything what the temple is so that that could very well apply that he volunteered to become uh, a, a voluntary unit. yes yes okay <laughs> all right all right i want us to move a bit forward uh now uh, just to get a clear understanding at the beginning of scripture, we'll find that God gives a clear injunction. Yep. Be fruitful and multiply. Multiply, yes. Um, Rabbi makes abundantly clear that as far as Judaic culture, it's not supposed yeah, to be done. You can't be a, 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 a man and not be functional, as um, Bishop Maponga is just saying right now. But why is it that we are seeing the New Testament opening mm -hmm. up gates for eunuchry to be accepted for a non functional man who's going to go against the intention of God when he said be fruitful and multiply why is it that we see this accepted this is this is these people are offering undivided service to the worship system so this is what what is needed you know yeah he's got certain requirements like for instance she was talking about sacrifice that needs to be to have no blemish right it's, when he says you are going to be a pillar in my sanctuary in my temple you know, when you go back to the, the, the Torah, you will see that the materials that were used for constructing the temple must be perfect, must be things that are used without any blemish. And so it same applies with the high priest. The high priest had to be someone who was perfect, not just physically alone, but also even in the character wise. So, so, this, so yeah, yeah you, 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 as you call him, did not foresee the possibility of uh, a desire for him to be worshipped by people. And as such, he created people and gave them an injunction to be fruitful and multiply. It's not Didn't he foresee that? It's, it's not everyone who was supposed to be like that. According to what? Scripture? Because what we see in scripture, like what he writes, he says there are people that volunteer to become eunuchs. And Shaul, when he speaks about, he says, "You choose." Actually, when you go down, he says, "It is well for you to have a wife, or it is well for you to have a husband." But if you are going to make a wise choice, which I would recommend, be someone who is free from but the obligation. Where did he get that from? 
it seemed as though he had deviated from jury and this was one man who was highly educated so he was very educated but now his education seems to have made him got, get lost but why would he teach something that is against jury but 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 the jury was saying if you've got a physical problem Right. Yeah, he's not talking about the physical aspect. He's yes. talking about the spiritual A direct aspect. resolve to go against God's will. The spirituality. No, the, 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 the decision physical. to be a, 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 a eunuch that's against God's will. Why would Saul teach something that is against Jewry, against the in interests of God as he instituted Jews to be his exemplary people, the Israelites, his exemplary people? Yes. He seems to be teaching against that. Yes, it appears to be like that. Like uh, if, if you go to the Torah, yeah. The way I studied, I see there is what is called the book of the law. Yeah. There's what is called the book of the covenant. Okay. Right? When you want to divide it, rightly divide it, the book of the covenant should end at uh, Exodus 24 verse 11. And from Exodus 12, uh, 24 verse 12 going up to Deuteronomy, we are dealing with the book of the law. Yeah. Now, this is the added law, the added law, which was the laws of sacrifices and Levitical priesthood. When did the Levitical priesthood come in? The Levitical priesthood came in only after the worship of the golden calf. Right? With it also came laws to enforce that Levitical priesthood. But this law was described to be as a temporary measure, as a temporary solution to the problems of sin until the grand sacrifice comes. That argument would fly if you're focusing on the book of Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and, 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 and Numbers. No, 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 that's not our interest. Yes. Our interest is at the very beginning when God puts men and women there. He says... Be fruitful okay. and multiply. Yes, yes, now, I anything that goes beyond I there is an additive to what God has instituted yes, and is his original design. That's and true. that's what I want to bring in, in you also, oh, Bishop. Uh, do I help us understand? Yes, he says be fruitful and multiply, but is everyone going to be fruitful? Why? Why would he not? There are some people I that want, cannot be, be, bear children. I have a question. You, you, I, I'll give you a opportunity. Yes, Bishop. Can I add something right there? Yes, go we, ahead. We are, we, we, are, we, are, we are arguing a pagan practice on a biblical text. Let me qualify that. <laughs> when you want to work for the Lord full-time, we have a function called the Nazarene, Samson and etc., where you dedicate your time and the move between your family and the service. But that's not castration there, Bishop. The book, Nazarene, yes. The yeah, book of Numbers, chapter when, 6, clearly explains what a vow of a Nazarite is supposed to be. It doesn't include or involve castration. It does not include castration. That's my point exactly. So that when we argue for, for, for eunuchs within a biblical text, we're actually imbibing or collecting garbage from outside and imposing it on the text. The fact that God winks his eye on the function of eunuchs within the text does not... We don't have any biblical evidence anywhere that says castrate a man so that he can work for me. Or, no, or, or, or reduce his sexual activity so that he can work for me. Paul even makes it more difficult. He says... I wish all men were like me, but because of the weakness of the flesh, take note of that. Let every man hear the commandment. What does like me mean? Bishop, what does like me mean? Does it mean that he has taken a vow of a Nazarite, or does it mean that he has voluntarily dedicated himself to live like a eunuch, as Matthew chapter nineteen twelve suggests? The story of Paul and the story of Peter are complicated. Because you read the same text, it tells you that they went to Peter's mother in Lord's house. And on the same whim, people begin to say Peter was, was a Nazarene, he don't have a wife. And if you don't have a wife, how do you have a mother-in-law? The issue of Paul also, we have lots of gray areas around his sexuality and etc. But if he is saying that I am able to manage my sexual appetite to an extent that I can dedicate my time to God, let all men do that one work for God. But because the flesh is weak, please don't follow my example. Let every man get his own wife. Let every woman her own husband. And I think maybe we don't make a command.
affairs, and we ignore the bottom. The problem is that, like for example, without necessarily being malicious, we have Catholic churches and etc. We have decided to make quote unquote voluntary eunuchs. You tell me how many rape cases. You tell me how much sodomy. You tell me how much how much stuff we have reading on the mass media right now, where these very same men who are said to have dedicated their lives to God are caught up in all sorts of sodomic and uh, licentious, lasciviousness and debauchery activities. It's appalling. Actually, so why would you want to restrict a man's normality in the name of service? A man is a, is a worshiper on his head, but right. below his belt, I doubt if he can be a eunuch, a voluntary eunuch, sorry. Well, I want to distinguish between two things, and before we even go there, I want to make this uh, declaratory statement outright that uh, right now we have no evidence or no suggestion that this is a behavior of the Catholic Church. We do find people within the Catholic Church who have found themselves in these quote-unquote Sodomic practices. So um, while we're on that note, we have been we have found people who have done those things, but that doesn't rise to the level of it being a Catholic practice. Let's go back to what you were suggesting is a pagan practice, uh, Bishop. We read this text. I was hoping you had listened to it. Perhaps you will read it as well. This is Matthew chapter 19. 19, 12 says, For there are some eunuchs which were... Um, this is Jesus, by the way, speaking, uh, a, a Bishop. For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb. And this one speaks of a natural consequence. All right? And then secondly, mm-hmm. and there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men. These are ones who have been crushed or mm. castrated chemically or surgically. Mm. And then, Christ continues, and there are eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs. Mm. And listen to what the reason Jesus says. For the kingdom of heaven's mm. sake. Mm. Can kindly explain that part. You called it a pagan practice, and yet this is Yeshua uh, claiming it to be a heaven's practice. Explain that. I, 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 I'm, I'm glad that we have a rabbi in the house. That's where I can bow and say my intelligence, my intelligence refuses me to comment. Because we have a text on the left that is saying when a man's testicles are crushed, he cannot participate in the services of the temple. Now we have a, a testimony in the New Testament. When a man's testicles are crushed, he is the best for the kingdom of heaven. I am sorry, I cannot comment. I would have to choose which one do I want to accept to the New Testament. Well, well, Testament. Un- unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, Bishop, you are the one who is left with the, the, the burden of answering that one because you are the one who, say, who called it a pagan practice and yet your master, Jesus, made it a heavenly practice and the rabbi doesn't believe in your, your, your Jesus as a messiah, believes in him as a rabbi, as a reform rabbi or some Jewish as a boy, teacher, as a teacher, not the messiah. So I need you to respond to what you said, Bishop. My, my, the basis of my argument comes from the installation of kings. That by all practical purposes, when I read from Genesis, right, coming up into the closing up with Malachi, I don't find that practice being taught as any form. Right. And if we are to if we are to extrapolate it in the New Testament, yeah. we are opening a whole can of many other things. So Jesus was wrong. That's what you're saying. That Jesus was wrong in what he was saying, well, calling well, it a Jesus heaven's practice. Wrong, I will say so, but I will not stand against text itself. Okay. If Jesus says it is good for the kingdom, let me park my argument. Matthew chapter come, 19. Let me cancel the verse on the left. Yeah. Let me remove the Deuteronomic text yeah. and go with the New Testament. Yeah. Matthew chapter 19, verse 12. Read again and study on it. Perhaps when we meet, you can chew on it. Briefly, 30 <laughs> seconds, sir. Matthew 1912 is not talking about someone with a crush, detestable. So we must separate that. This is voluntary. This has got to do with service. This has got to do with the kingdom of Yahweh. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, I just want to finish with the book of Genesis. <clears throat> and I say right. that... Um, if we will take it to the extreme 
and we will talk about the commandment of being fruitful and go forth and multiply. Let's say if we all, all the men became eunuchs, then what's going to happen to all the future people? What's going to happen to us if we say that it's good for Jesus, it's good for Christianity, it may be good for other religions, yeah. then where are we going to go in the future? All right, all right, all right. That's how we're going to conclude our conversation to all three of my guests, highly esteemed, esteemed all three of you, Rabbi, Evangelist and the Bishop, thank you very much for coming through and talking to us. It's 8 o'clock. It's time for the news from me, Nayalu Pondona, and the team. Have a wonderful evening, and God bless.